Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to the show. Jim Martin here. Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I am joined with, by Greg and Brad. We are excited today. Today, we are talking about how to attract high net worth clients, the whales, the people that make your business, the people that pay you know, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 plus in fees. How do you attract them? How do you close them? What do you do to capture them? And we've got uh, we've got some experts in the game. They're going to share their secrets today. And I'm really excited about this because these are the people that, um, let's face it, you get one person with a million bucks paying $10,000 in fees. That equals, I don't know, I can't do math really well right now, but that might equal 10 $100,000 clients. So this is kind of that area that people really, it's that sweet spot that everybody is after. Um, so, but before, before we get started, I just wanted to um, quickly uh, thank all of our listeners. We are having just, um, you know, really the best quarter of the podcast we've ever had. So I really appreciate people listening. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. If you like the show, it's a great way to say thank you. If you appreciate it, uh, if you have a, want to leave a four-star, three-star, two-star, just don't do that. We only want five stars. So <laughs> we, we appreciate that. And then also, uh, Hey, you, uh, you know, we, we've got, um, we've got a, kind of a small group coaching program, a virtual mastermind. Uh, we've got 30 people in there sharing, growing, getting better. Like if you're if you're trying to get better, if you want to act, if you want to have access to three advisors showing their secrets, I want to invite you to jo- go out to the uh, eliteadvisorlab.com, eliteadvisorlab.com. Learn more about what we're doing. We have a 30-day free trial and I want to invite everybody who's listening, take advantage of the opportunity to listen, uh, kind of get the behind the scenes, the, 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 the kind of the look into our practices every month we spotlight an area of our practice, whether it's a sales process, appointment process, uh, niche marketing, uh, marketing in general seminars. Every month we do a, a really deep dive. And then in addition to that, we do a weekly office session. We still have a really awesome forum where advisors share and grow together, but let's kind of just jump right in and, uh, talk about attracting high net worth clients. And, and Greg, I think it's appropriate to go right over to you first, because this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, you know, first off, do you like working with people like this? Because I I've heard people that work with like really small accounts say, Oh, I don't even like working with rich people. They're just such a they're so hard to get along with. Do you take that kind of do you take that angle? Yeah. So it's interesting. My uh my attitude has has changed over the years. Um when I first started out as an administrative assistant, I I went I was, uh, you know, the advisors in our in that office had some very wealthy, high net worth clients, and they were some of the nastiest people you would ever meet. They were they were rude. They were like, you know, they'd call up and it was like, I didn't want to talk to you. I wanted to talk to so and so. And I mean, they were just just rude and just kind of miserable people. Uh, but then there were also people that were high net worth that were kind of just like everyday people. They were nice and polite and respectful and. They were kind of a joy to work with. So yeah, I do think there's people out that like that out there that are, you know, high net worth and um just have a bad attitude or whatever. But there's probably double the amount of people that are high net worth um 
that are, are looking for our advice and they're nice people. They're a joy to work with. It's just a matter of finding those people and weeding out the ones that, uh, you know, are, are rude and nasty, don't want to pay our fees, do-it-yourselfers, whatever the, the case may be. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think that's great. And thanks for sharing that. And I think, I think you're right. I, I think that, you know, whether you have people with low net worth or high net worth, I think there's an equal amount of idiots on both sides. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think yeah. money makes you an a-hole or makes you nice. I, I think it maybe brings it out a little bit more, but I don't think it makes it makes you there. Now, Brad, for you, when you, when you think about high net worth, let, let's be honest, markets, markets are different. Um, you're in a rural market like I am, and Greg yep. is in a more metro market. Uh, how do you define is, is Do you think that the definition of high net worth is the same all over or for in your market is, you know, is a $750,000 account kind of like a, a million dollar account in, in Greg's market? How do you, how do you define that? I don't know that the definition varies by market. I don't think that we agree on the definition of high net worth and ultra high net worth and mass affluent within the industry itself, regardless of market. Um, I think what I've noticed um, being in a in a rural market over the years is yes, there there's definitely fewer high net worth people, no matter how you you define that. But there's also less competition for those dollars. Um, I don't know what your area is like, Jim, but in mine, the closest wirehouse is about forty miles away, and there is only one Edward Jones office in my town. So. Yes, a town of 10 or 12,000 people isn't going to have the same number of high net worth people, but I also don't have any wirehouse offices with a couple of dozen guys going after the same dollars that I am. So I think it balances out in most markets. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's fair. I think that's really fair. And, 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 you know, I I think the other thing you have to, you have to be conscious of if like, look, if you live in Northern Virginia or Los Angeles or New York city, um, the fact is people make a lot more money in those markets. And by virtue of that, their 401k balances are going to be significantly higher than, you know, if, if the average person in your market was making, you know, 60,000 bucks a year, 6% of hundred is a lot more than 6% of 60, right? Like over time, it's just going to, it's going to create, create differences, but that doesn't mean that based upon your market, you shouldn't try to attract people that have higher net worths. And I think it's important is you're, is you're thinking about how do you attract them? How do you, how do you position yourself? So now that we, we've understand that, yes, they're not, they're not jerks to work with there. There there's plenty of nice people out there. And by the way, everybody, if you're working with people, you should have some really defined rules. And I think it's good to pause and let's talk about this for a second, but you should have defined rules. Like at our office, like we tell people, I mean, very clearly, like we have a no jerk policy. Um, there is a red line. If you cross that red line and you're rude to my staff, you get to leave. I don't care how much money you have. And it, it, if you're not pleasant to work with, I don't want to work with you. And if we don't have to be best friends, but you know, you have to, you actually have to like want to work with us. Um, so those are some some things that we set out. Now, whether that's somebody with a, a hundred thousand dollars or two million, I mean it's the same for all of them. I don't care how much money they have. Do you do you follow the kind of the same path, Greg? Absolutely. And the way I do it, I, I do it. Uh, I tell that story. I'm, I'm huge, uh, on, on storytelling to clients and I will tell them, Hey, let me tell you about a client. This is what went wrong with them. They were rude. This is what they said. Uh, and you know, it's that couple that the, the husband was cussing out his wife. I have shared that. And, and sometimes the, the client's eyes, you know, get big. And I said, and I share the, the experience I had, uh, years ago working with that firm that, you know, 
they worked with clients that were disrespectful and nasty. And I said, when I, when I, uh, form this firm right here, um, my goal was, I want to work with nice people, people that are a joy to work with, not a headache to work with. And, and, you know, you two, you know, if I'm, you know, talking to a couple, you two seem like a very nice couple and, and I look forward to working with you. So I kind of, but <laughs> it's kind of insinuated that, hey, you better stay a nice couple because if not, you, you, you're uh, going to be finding another advisor. So, yeah. Greg, I bet I bet putting it like that also helps you close them. Yeah, because like, you're because you're passively complimenting them and saying that you that you like them and that you would enjoy working with them. That's a pretty hard. It's a pretty hard thing to say. Eh, we're never going to see you again. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and they'll I've even Brad, it's funny you say that because I've had a couple that said uh if we refer, you know, someone and and they're not a nice person, how do you how do you <laughs> and I'll say I just tell them, hey, I don't I don't think there's a good fit here. I'm very polite about it. Um, but uh but anyway, I what what I do, I do actually use that as a referral opportunity, Brad. And I say, you know, as, as we enjoy working together over the years, you're going to refer business, either your brother, a coworker, your sister, and ju just make sure the person you refer is a nice person just like you. Oh, I like and, that. And I just address it really like it. So it's kind of like, hey, I expect you to give me referrals and don't send me your a-hole brother-in-law that <laughs> wants to market time and all that kind of stuff. So. Why is it always the brother-in-law? Honestly, like it, it is, it is <laughs> for me in real life. Always, it's always the always. brother-in-law. Yep. Holy God. The, uh, uh, who's, guys, uh, Dave Ramsey always says, uh, don't take financial advice from your broke brother-in-law. He like says that all the time. So that's, that's where I took it from. It's great. I have a broke brother-in-law. Did you take advice <laughs> from him? No, I've never, I don't, I haven't, spoke, I haven't heard from him in years. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if he's, he might be homeless. I have no idea. <laughs> he's definitely not someone you want to take advice from. Though. Well, I hope he's not homeless. I don't know what your, what your, uh, what your, your sister's doing if he's homeless. Wait, I don't have a sister. Isn't brother-in-law still, is that, never mind. Isn't, isn't, wait, is my brother's wife's, wait, my brother's wife's brother oh, is still yeah. my brother-in-law, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not obligated to know him, Jim. No, you're not. You're right. I, I'm oh. going to let you off the hook on that one. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. All right. Good stuff. So, yeah. So I think, and I know I, we, we know Brad has the same rule, you know, he's got to like working with people, right, Brad? I mean, you, you're not working with jerks at this point in your career. I'm not even hanging out with my brother-in-law for the same reason. So that should answer the question. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, like guys, you've got to be, um, what m money should not influence you, you know, at the, at, at the end of the day on, on who you work with. Now, obviously we want to work with people with money. So let's talk about how to attract these folks. You know, I'll, I'll kind of start here and I'll tell you what I think makes a big difference is people with wealth are generally not impulsive. Um, people with, you know, less than 500 grand can tend to be more impulsive. That means they might buy in the first meeting. Um, they might, they might come to a seminar and sign up right away. They might switch advisors very often, but people with real wealth generally, in my experience is tends to be, they're not impulsive. They also, um, they also love talking about taxes. So those are two things I just want to throw out that, you know, as you're beginning to think about how do you attract them? You understand that they're not impulsive, but they are thinkers. They they didn't get a million plus or whatever that number is by happenstance. Generally, they might have inherited it, but generally they work for it. Brad, for you, how do you attract these people in your practice? So I don't 
I certainly don't target the traditional high net worth space, but I actually end up looking for like personality traits that tend to point to me to people that were like, and then, you know, I, I don't put it as they aren't impulsive, but that's certainly a quality that I think well-to-do people share. So I just look for people like that, that are not, I, I've said forever, the last thing I want to see pull in my parking lot is a German luxury car. Uh, Cause I know it's probably leased. And if it's not leased, it's on an, a 72 or 84 month loan. And that person has no money. I'm looking for the opposite habit and trait in people. Um, not necessarily a profession, right? Everybody, we feel like lots of people in our industry like to say they go after doctors and executives and business owners. And, you know, and I, I, I don't do that, but I do look for certain traits in people that that's show that they're probably good stewards of money. Yeah, that's so. perfect. Greg, how about you? Yeah, how do you attract these people? Yeah, uh, Jim, you kind of stole it with the tax plan. I'm sorry. Uh, you can still <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, when I started doing, uh, you know, webinars and, um, and, and using tax planning on my, um, and especially after the, the 2017 tax cuts and jobs act, it was like, you know, Hey, th this is the new tax code. This is a prime opportunity to teach people and explain, you know, the benefits of things like Roth conversions and, you know, how the standard deduction change and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, donor advised funds, those are kind of the hot buttons, uh, and, and the, Let's let's face it. I mean, look at the tax code. Look at who's paying. What was it like uh, two years ago? I think twenty twenty one. Like fifty five percent of Americans paid zero taxes. Like zero taxes. Um, so what does that mean? The other forty five percent are paying it all. And if you look, the majority of the taxes are are paid by the high income earners, right? The the wealthy in, in this country. So. Who's wanting to, you know, do tax planning? Well, it's the people who are actually paying taxes, you know, the high income earners, the high net worth people. So in my marketing, that has been absolutely huge. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, that, that's one of it also. Um, and, and we talked about this on, uh, on the last, um, elite advisor lab, um, uh, office hours where there was a uh, an advisor that was wanting to focus on a specific profession and I won't give it away for for his uh for his privacy but uh, a, spe a specific profession that was known to be high income earning certainly and he actually had experience uh, working in that field in that profession um, before becoming an advisor so I've had very very good success with pilots um I, I think I have, a handful of pilots. They're all, they all tend to be very, very bright guys. They're all, they're all, all males, uh, for the most part, uh, high income earning people, well to do. Um, and, and I think you can, you can really find that. Uh, so what are these guys? Well, when I start mentioning tax planning, they all want tax planning. Um, but also, you know, kind of, uh, targeting your message to, to what's important to them. Yeah. And so for for high income earning people, it's taxes for people that are turning 65. Guess what? They're in their peak earning years. They're going to be transitioning into retirement. Medicare, Social Security planning is top of mind. If they if they have new grandchildren, guess what's going to be top of mind? Maybe it's a 529 plan or helping with the grandkids and, and that kind of thing, leaving a legacy. Perfect. So. Target your message to what's important to those specific people. That has really, really worked well for me. Okay, perfect. So, so let's recap that piece. So, if you want to attract these people 
and you want to market to them. So you're going to need to either target your message specifically to what they're interested in. So whether that's taxes, estate planning, what whatever that is, that that's really important. So how are you messaged? Whether that's whether that's your YouTube channel, your podcast, your marketing, your newsletters, your blogs, whatever that is, talk to those people. And then the other way you can do it uh, that Greg alluded to was ultimately you can you can choose a profession that's known for high net worth. Brad mentioned that with doctors and some other things as well. So either choose a profession that has the earnings ability to get there. Like let's face it, carpenters are are probably not going to be millionaires, generally speaking. Um, so if you're marketing to carpenters, they could be if they own a construction firm. But if you're marketing to carpenters, you're probably not going to see that. That's so it's important. But if you're working with, you know, tech executives out in Silicon Valley with lots of stock options, you can probably get there. So make sure you target your marketing to that. And and the fact is, giving your market, if you're in Brad's market, you're not going after pilots. He is not going to have enough pilots in his market okay. to market to 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 find to find enough people. Me either. I've got one pilot, and we all, we want more of them because they make a lot of they make a lot. I can't believe how much like a sixty year old pilot makes. It's unbelievable. But um. Right. But you, you know you you've got to you've got to structure that. Okay, so now we know obviously how to that they're okay to work with. We know that ultimately you got to set expectations around it. Now we know how to market to them. Let's talk about what these people are looking for an advisor, and and I'm going to kind of give you what I think. I, I'm going to think that they're going to check you out before they come in. Greg, has that been your experience? They're gonna they're gonna see if you've got a blog, a podcast a decent website. Is that stuff important? Is your office important to attract these high net worth people? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I've had, I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, I was reading on your website, X, Y, and Z. I read on your website and they'll bring up something like your wife is a CPA. And it's like, oh shit, like you, you actually went there and, and yeah, so they do their homework. They are, they're looking at your Google reviews, um, they're looking at your office location, everything. Um, they are definitely Googling you. I've had people say, oh, I, I heard you had a podcast and they, guess what? Before they ever meet me, they're listening to like nine podcast episodes. So right, right there on the website. So yeah, I find that to be true. So of course you want to, as Jim has said over and over and over again, your office, your website, everything that you put out there, it is a prop. It is kind of, <laughs> that's the the sole purpose. So do you want it to benefit you? Do you want it to, to be advantageous to you and your, um, you know, the prospects of, of getting this person as a client, or do you want to take it away? If you've got a really uh, bad website that looks like it hasn't been updated since uh, 93, it, it's, they're not, uh, they're not going to, you know, uh, they're going to think, oh, this person's kind of outdated and, um, you know, they, they, they're not with the, you know, operating like it's 2023. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're going to check you out. I mean, there is no doubt in the world. They're going to check you out. They're going to look at your website. They're going to Google. I mean, what do you look I, if I'm walking down a street and there's a restaurant, I pull my phone up and I put it in Google and look at it first. That's to go have one meal. You don't think people are going to put their life savings with some Yahoo that you got to be, you got to be careful here, Brad, let's, let's talk about being intimidated. Cause I know you are a guy with a lot of self-confidence. You are not intimidated when you're sitting across the table from somebody with, with some money for an advisor who might be they're, they're intimidated to that person that's got $2 million. What's your advice for them? 
Oh man, that's a good question. Oh it's yeah, heavy. I don't. It's heavy. Yeah. I, I didn't even prep. You know, we guys. I, I just want to make sure everybody knows as I let Brad formulate his answer. Here, <laughs> okay, we do not spend hours scripting this stuff. We get together, we do some show prep for about thirty minutes, and we go. And there, you know, I know a lot of people put a lot of time into this, but this is stuff we live this stuff every day, so we don't need to prep for hours and hours and have people write our material. We just, we just do it. So sometimes I do stump these guys as I'm sitting here. So, um, cause, cause these are heavy questions. That being said, that policy is about to change. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, I would guess for one, I doubt that happens all that often besides regular jitters. When you get up to bat in any sport, I would hope that our industry attracts personalities that are self-confident in general, but I mean, I would, if someone's feeling not confident against, uh, you know, sitting across behind that worth person, I'm going to guess they're probably not confident in themselves and they need to just spend some time. No, actually that is my answer for sure. It's because they don't, it's because they're not confident in something in their own process. So they need to, they need to, to get their knowledge up to par and they need to get their delivery system and process up to par so that they can have the confidence. Because let's be honest, if you're a naturally not confident person that doesn't like to talk to someone, it ain't the high net worth person across from you. You're just in the wrong industry, right? So I think that you, if you have the personality for this industry and you're feeling not confident, you probably need to, it's probably because you deserve to feel that way. Like I feel with this question. Yeah. Right. I, and if I were better prepared, just like you said, honestly, like if I'd have known this question was coming or thought about it, you know, for a couple hours ahead of time, like, you know, you, you I, would, you would, you would have hit, you would have been able to hit a, hit a home run yeah. on it because, yeah, because so you're that's ready. Probably it. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, yeah. And I'm not scared to be on this zoom, right? Like that's not my personality. Right. If you're and and that's probably most personalities in our, in our business. So process. I, Guys, uh, back in the day, I knew an advisor who uh, was probably like year in, th in year three or four, and he had a $2 million prospect come into the office, and he he was just like shocked, and he, he said, I'm just not used to working with this kind of money. So in uh, and, and, uh, speaking with him after the meeting, I mean, he just, that was like a, like a golden opportunity at a, you know, $2 million prospect, and to just, you know, tell that that person, Hey, I'm, I'm just not comfortable with, with this amount of money. It's, but you would be comfortable with a $200,000 client, just add another zero to it. And, and what you'll find is over time is the person that's 65 years old with $200,000, they're going to have the same goals or similar goals of a comfortable retirement as the person with 2 million bucks. In a lot of instances, the person with two million bucks, the reason why they have that amount of money is maybe they're debt free and they have a very frugal, modest lifestyle. So message here is the lesson. Don't don't be intimidated by by big accounts. Don't turn away big accounts because you're not used to seeing them. Yeah, their their needs are the same. Like it's it's I always laugh when people say, Oh, I I, I work with I, my my niche is doctors because they have such unique planning needs what is different with their planning needs from an engineer or other than they might have some, <laughs> some debt? Like it's the same thing. Like there there's, 
you, you, you should not be intimidated because somebody's got two or three and they don't know more than you. I think that's the other thing. It's like, so I, I think it's natural. We feel a little intimidated, but I would encourage people not to. All right, guys, I think this has been great. You know, I think, uh, and I want to, I want to just throw this out because this is like, this is a topic that we're really going to dive into in the elite advisor lab. Like how do you attract these people? What's how do you message? Greg has uh, built his practice around messaging to these kinds of people. Everything he does around it is is built to attract people with seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars plus, million dollars plus. Like his his podcasts, his his TV, his marketing, his messaging, his website, and um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's really really important uh, that you fa- you factor in on that. And, you know, we've got we've got a live stream coming up that. Greg's going to dive into just here in the next week or two. I think it's really important. So I want to encourage you, like if you if you really want to attract high net worth people, if you really want to go after these bigger accounts and you want to position your firm for it, join the Elite Advisor Lab. Look, you get 30 days to kick the tire. We do a live session every week. We do a deep dive into a segment of the practice. We are we're helping people grow their businesses in huge ways. Like the, the feedback we've gotten from this is amazing. I think we've got like five spots left in the lab. We, we capped this. We're not, we're not open-ended. It's not going to be 500 people in it. So we're very limited in who we take, but I want to encourage you got to the elite advisor lab.com again, elite advisor lab.com that is in the show notes as well. If you can't find it, go to the show notes and you'll see it in there, but let's do some final thoughts here. And um, let's talk about like, if you want to attract high net worth uh, folks, what, what do you do here? So Brad, why don't we go over to you, sir? So I'm going to use something I wanted to mention earlier. And I'm curious if you guys get the same feedback um, because I think your websites are similar and that they're not, I think one thing that you want to avoid not just the high net worth space, but I mean, any professional space, I think you want to avoid your online presence looking too canned. I've gotten, I forget who was talking about this. Uh, Greg, did you say that someone asked you once about your wife being a CPA? Yes. That was right. Yes. So you put stuff like, I have personal stuff like that on my website also. And I've had prospects mention it, speaking to Jim's point about people checking you out before they come in. They are doing it. And let's face it, I mean, our industry likes to homogenize everything and make it seem like it's personal. Like those cookie cutter websites aren't fooling anybody, right? (laughs) Like they've been to seven of them and they're all the same and they're all probably by the same company. Um, But if you, so that can set you apart with these people, right? Like humanize yourself, let them get to know you without any pressure. You're not even there. They're just reading about you. Make it something personal and unique. That's my takeaway. That's great. Greg, how about you? Final thoughts here. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing as I was thinking about, um, you know, I, and I think Jim, you had mentioned this kind of your sweet spot. Your your typical A client is going to have somewhere between you know five hundred thousand and a million dollars. So that that's that, that's kind of the people. So so I, I what I would say is to you know determine your ideal client. And for me, it's it's going to be in that same range. It's probably five hundred to to two million, just based on how close I am to a metro area and just just kind of the wealth is there. So, you know, kind of think about that. What is your what is your ideal client? What is um and and the revenues that would be generated from that ideal client. So, um that would be kind of but but also yeah, look at your, you know, my my last thought is is look at your me- messaging and how is that how is that going to appeal to someone with that that kind of wealth, with that kind of retirement savings. Um, and, and, and 
think long and hard about that. And if you're not getting the response from those prospects, then maybe you need to, to change your messaging. Um, your, your prospecting may not be targeted enough and you, you may have to kind of pivot. So, so those are, hopefully that helps. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I, I would say, um, I want to mention something Brad and Greg said, yeah, I can't remember the episode, but they talked about, uh, when you're sitting across from somebody that has seven figures on their statement, you know, you want to tell people you work with people just like them. These prospects are concerned that they, that they might not have enough money or they have more money than anybody else. And you, you want to make sure people know that you there learn how to read a tax form. Uh, you, you go, go to pay in a, pay a CPA to, to give you a lesson. If you don't know, or get an online resource or, or take some training, get comfortable having these kinds of conversations. And ultimately the messaging, which Greg underlined there in his comments, um, if you talk about taxes, you're going to attract people with with $5 million. You're also going to attract people with 250. Nobody likes paying taxes. So don't think that you're going to alienate anybody having those kinds of conversations. You'll you'll attract a lot of people, people that are con- concerned about it. But hey, I, I think it's a great episode. I appreciate you guys sharing some of your insights into this. I hope this was helpful. Remember, check out the Elite Advisor Lab if you want to learn more about us. Uh, 30-day free trial on there. And um, we look forward to being back next week. Thanks for uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.